only in Jeff Styles America. Hey folks, welcome once again to Trip to Storyville with old Hefe, El Hefe, Jeff Styles, spelled with a Y. That's me. Um, talk radio host for many, 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 many times 12 years here in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area, known as God's Country by the folks who live around here or pass through here or have even heard of this place. It is indeed God's Country, a beautiful place. This is not where I was raised, though. I was raised up in Ohio in a small little Midwestern town outside of Dayton, kind of outside of a big Air Force base up there but also in the South where my family roots were in a little bitty, even smaller town, tiny little town, kind of like Mayberry down in West Georgia. And today's trip to Storyville is not really necessarily a story about a time and a place and a series of things happening to me or to anybody else as much as it is really just sort of just a trip to a generic time, a time when I was growing up. And this is all coming to you and coming to me into my own head here um, as we fly, continually fly through this pandemic, the uh, breakout of the coronavirus and uh, the scores, legions of people dying of COVID-19. And uh, you can't get through a day without another news item breaking that brings you back to this very serious situation that we are facing. Just today, my co-workers and I here at the radio station were just looking at the very dismal fact that the United States of America, as we know it, has lost essentially just evaporated about a third of its annual economy in about three weeks. I mean, I mean, 10 years worth of gains in the job market gone, unemployment skyrocketing, gross domestic national product just gone. Literally a third of its economy has just gone poof because nobody's working. People who would like to work have been furloughed. They've been laid off. They can't get into work. Uh, there's no place to go if you actually have the means and the money in your pocket because there's not a whole lot of cash floating around right now. And the restaurants are closed. There's no bars open. There are no music venues open. Even the parks are closed. So people are kind of shut down, and, and they're worried. They're freaking out. And because of this, we're all watching more screens, more than ever. Now, I'm not a TV junkie, but I have gotten into binge watching over the last couple of years. Uh, one of my sons introduced me to Stranger Things a couple of years ago. I'd never binge watched anything in my life, but we sat and watched all the episodes of the first season of Stranger Things in about two days. I'd never done that before and loved the show and kind of got into that whole concept of doing that. Um, there have been other shows that we've done that uh, with ever since, but there's just been such a hunger, such a need for escapism as we've been sitting around the house lately. And I'm not, anybody who knows me can tell you that I'm not a person who just searches the internet very much. I don't go surfing the net looking for this or that, the other thing. I don't use my phone for anything really much other than a phone. Uh, over the last couple of years, since I broke my leg a few years ago, I have used it to search for music because music is very uh, core to my to my being. It's a central part of my life. And so I've been actually enjoying trying to fool the Internet and come up with arcane songs from an arcane musical knowledge from a, a rather esoteric and unusual musical past. Haven't been able to fool it very often. Every once in a while I can. But here recently I've been looking more and more just for 
odd opportunities, something out of the box. I've seen all of Peaky Blinders. I don't want to go back and rewatch something unless it's tremendously good. Anything that somebody advises me that I should watch, with the exception of Tiger King, I've yet to sit down and watch Tiger King. I've just drawn a line in the sand because now with 100% of the people telling me I've got to watch it, I'm just bucking up against it. Look, look, I didn't want to watch it to begin with. Not at all. But the more the memes that came out and the more people started talking, and it was the best I know. The best waste of six hours of my life. That's what everybody keeps telling me, so I'm just being a contrarian. I'm sure I'll get to it, and I'm sure I'll get hooked. But I, I'm just I'm still standing strong right now. I've got to have something to fight back against. Uh, the other day, though, and this is where we're going to go with today's Storyville, and it's not going to be very long. And I know a lot of you people are looking to this at, at, at Storyville and at uh, Rockyology, the music show I do, the hour-long music show I do. We'll be doing another one of those. Which, by the way, let me go ahead and digress just for a second. When we started redoing these podcasts here at fredpodcast.com, F-R-E-D for Fred the Show. Nobody here named Fred, just the name of the show that I did here and still do here for years and years in Chattanooga, Tennessee, radio waves, um, on these radio waves, whatever the hell you're supposed to say. Um, Fredpodcast.com, we kind of rebooted the whole thing, and we've been doing a show weekly, the trip to Storyville, and also the Rockyology thing, but last week we did not. Because we had disaster upon disaster. Everybody else has kind of looked at the pandemic and the outbreak of the virus and fear of the virus and all the rest of the just breakdown in our entire social structure as reason to not do things. But several people advised me, don't look at it as an excuse not to do it. Look at it as an excuse to really do it and do it right. People are hungry for something to do and listen to. So I've been trying to crank them out. Last week, we didn't just have the pandemic to worry about. We didn't just have everybody in my immediate world being laid off for a load going without paychecks to worry about. We had a tornado strike our area, too. And I don't mean just a little bit. We had seven tornadoes touch down, and it was, it was terrible. Uh, we were very lucky. My wife and I living up on one of the mountains outside of town, usually we get shellacked, and we take it on the chin when... Everybody else has high winds, a little bit of hail. This time we had a tremendous thunder and lightning storm, but other parts of the town just got decimated. There were several people in the region killed, hundreds and hundreds of people displaced, businesses destroyed, homes destroyed. The Argonaut here, Jason, the voice you just heard, the guy that produces these shows, he was without power for quite some time. My daughter is still without power just a few blocks away from the radio station. So we've been doing, you know, charity drives for all these people. And it's amazing what one storm front with a couple of funnel clouds inside it can do in a short period of time. And it just brings back home to me just how intense nature can be from time to time. So you'll have to forgive us for not producing a couple of podcasts last week. Jason was home tending generators filled with, you know, combustible fluids and we were in here trying to man the airwaves as best we could, trying to help people get in touch with one another and charity supplies, things like, oh, I don't know, food, clothing, water, stuff like that. So anyway, we missed a week, so we're back. Um, but in, in our search for things to watch and entertain us, we landed on a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And I guess about six months or so ago, I sat down by myself, not with my wife, not with anybody else, just by myself, and watched the documentary on Mr. Rogers. 
and it was fantastic. It was a, an actual full-length documentary on Fred Rogers and all of the, you know, his history, how the show came about. And when I was young, I had somehow missed Mr. Rogers. And Sesame Street, to all of the kids' programming, really, for the most part, with the exception of Saturday Morning Cartoons, I just sort of bypassed it. I didn't really have Bozo the Clown. Maybe we had Popeye uh, cartoons and stuff like that, Saturday morning stuff. I think we had uh, Popeye's Playhouse or something like that. I mean, all kids had some kind of, you know, uh, after-school cartoon show or something like that. But Sesame Street, I was a little bit too old for it. And Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, by the time I was even aware that it was there, I was I was way too mature for it and too smart, I thought. And it just didn't appeal to me. So it was very easy to make fun of, and that's what we did. Me and my friends, I mean, that was the low-hanging fruit for kids to make fun of any other kid that actually enjoyed or watched Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood or certainly our younger brothers and sisters. I was fascinated at the documentary and what he really stood up for and, and what he did with this show and this relationship that, that he had with the children. And he was very, very intensely serious about this role that he played in their lives. And the movie, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, stars Tom Hanks. And it is a fantasy-like approach to the very real character of Fred Rogers. And there is an unbelieving unconvinced, hardcore journalist, if you've not seen it yet, and I'm not going to give a whole lot away, but he is given this fluffy assignment by this kind of Vanity Fair-like magazine. They change a few things around to protect the innocent or the guilty or somebody. Somebody's being protected. But, I mean, this guy, he, he wants to go after Mr. Rogers. He's trying to find the soft underbelly of this too-good-to-be-real character, right? And Fred Rogers just doesn't really give up anything because there's really nothing there to give up. He's a real person. He's got flaws. But there's one scene in the movie in particular that just brought me to tears. There were a couple that did, actually. And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm fairly quick to cry for a grown man. I've been that way for a long time. And the older I get, the more emotional I become. So making me cry with a you know, tearjerker string to pull in a, in a movie or a TV show or even a song or something like that. It's not all that difficult, but sometimes it really goes to my heart. And there were a couple of scenes this, in this movie that did it to me. And uh, one in particular, though, the guy, the journalist, and this is based on a true story. And you can actually go back and read the story. And it was in Vanity Fair, if I'm not mistaken. He's in a restaurant with Mr. Rogers, and he is prying. He is trying so hard to find the little loose end that he can pull on, the little thread from the sweater, the, the, literally the sweater vest that he's wearing that he can unravel and get to the, the naked truth somehow of, of, of who this real character is behind this, what has to be a fake character, right? And in this probably more fantasy-like sequence than any other in the movie, Mr. Rogers just says, let's just get quiet for a second in this busy restaurant. Let's just get quiet for a second and do something that I like. It's a little experiment I like to do. And he has that voice like Mr. Rogers, right? So he's very calming, very soothing. He goes, sometimes when things get crazy, and Lord knows things are crazy right now in our world, 
with all the stuff going on, the coronavirus all over the place, politics being played out here with the 2020 election still going on out there way back in the background, but politics still being played, partisanship. And now with the tornado damage and deaths and all the things happening around here and having to deal with that, money, 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 all this stuff. We need something soothing. And he just, he says, I just like to get quiet and just take a moment and think about all the people who loved me into being. And the guy looks at him kind of funny. And he goes, just take a second with me if you would. And while he's saying this, all the people in the restaurant grow quiet. Some of them kind of glance over there. They don't like crane their heads and looks. They just cut their eyes and they put down their utensils. And even the people walking by in the window outside, everybody gets real quiet and it just slows down. And like everything comes to a standstill. And Mr. Rogers says, again, just think of all the people in your life that loved you into being. And then there's just this long silence. And he says, take one minute, 60 seconds. And there's one minute of complete, stark silence in the movie. And you're looking at Mr. Rogers' closed eyes, and you're looking at the journalist's kind of flickering eyes. They're closed and they're open. He's looking around, and you're looking at all the people's eyes in the restaurant, these older people, younger people, and you see little tears in the corners of them sometimes, and you see the, 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 the rim thing happening with their eyelids, and you can see that they're all going back through their memories. And the people that are standing there, the servers, everybody is going back through their own little mental Rolodex, and they're thinking of their moms and their dads and their aunts and their uncles and their grandparents and all of the people that loved them into being. And then suddenly there's just a slow murmuring, sort of shushing reactivation, and the activity begins again. And he just sort of smiles and goes, huh, isn't that nice? And they just go on. It's an incredibly powerful moment in a very beautiful, sweet movie. And it's not just sappy, sappy, cheesy sweet. It really is an honest-to-goodness, good movie that has incredible sweetness at its core. And that, that scene got me more than anything. So since I can't really, in radio or a podcast, just have a total minute or two of silence, you can do that when we're done here and just think about all the people that loved you into being, I'm just going to take a second and run through my list very quickly and quietly just to kind of maybe give you folks a template, something to go by, a little guideline, a primer for those who don't normally do this sort of thing. You're so busy, you don't ever take the time to look backwards, okay? Just real quick, think about the people who loved you into being. I'll run through just a short list. My mom. It's going to be a lot of usual suspects here. My mom did for me one thing in particular, and you might think these roles are kind of reversed. Strength. That's what emanated from her. Five feet tall, 85 pounds strength, strength of will, strength of character. She was afraid of nothing. People feared her when they needed to fear her. She was a force of nature. 
her work ethic, undeniable. She was the bank president in our small town. She quit her job and took the janitorial job on weekends and at nights so she could pay for my college. My dad, a lot of folks would think this would be kind of the mom's job, but just love. I mean, just complete agape, just unrepentant, unexplainable, ever-flowing love. He just loved me from front to back, top to bottom. There was a large part of my dad that he considered himself a failure in many ways. I, I never could quite figure that out. He didn't live up to his own expectations. He never stopped loving me for a second. I gave him lots of reasons to. My grandparents, Papa Styles, laughter, the gift of laughter. He had a laugh that would fill not just a room, not just a home, an auditorium. You could hear him laugh from blocks away, and it was a hearty, deep, masculine laugh. And, and, and my family's, their paths rarely crossed. They were very different people from different sides of the tracks. The only time I ever saw my dad's family and my mom's family was on Christmas morning, and my Papa Styles would come over to my other grandparents' house to see what we got for Christmas. That was a magical time for me. Mama Styles, my paternal grandmother, just smells. You know, they talk about your brain, the, the, the parts of your memory that are fired up by the sense of smell. Those are literally called grandmother cells. So let's go straight to the smell of real, honest-to-goodness homemade biscuits where a woman has a big flower-covered apron on and she's going thump, thump with this big, huge, waddy thing of, of dough and taking this big, huge roller like they use in the cartoons to hit people with, but she's out there rolling it and, and patting out biscuits with her hands and sitting on a back porch, not a deck. Nobody had a deck. They had porches, and we'll be snapping beans and pulling strings off of green beans and snapping peas and shucking corn. And at the time, I thought that was hell. I thought I was, I'd been, you know, I'd been sentenced to hell sitting there with my grandmother shucking corn. Oh, I wish I could go back there now. Let's go back to the other grandparents real quick. Daddy Bill, my maternal grandfather, the gift of silence. Very much in play with this lesson that Mr. Rogers was teaching. He taught me how to rest your eyes. You'd think he was napping, right? You'd think he was napping, sitting there listening to the Braves on the radio, not watching them on TV, sitting out on the back porch, not a deck, and have him on his little transistor radio having the Braves on. You'd think he was asleep, but no, he was just resting his eyes. And while we were fishing, you wouldn't make a sound. You didn't want to scare the fish away, right? The, the power and the, the grace and the beauty of just silence and just sitting there. Nowadays, you might even call it meditating. Mama Jet, his wife, my grandmother on my mom's side, safety, predictability, routine. She was a Southern matriarch. She would not come out of her bedroom in the morning unless she was dressed to go to a fancy event. You did not see her with house slippers on or sweatpants. She would have her jewelry on just to come out for breakfast. And her house would be, as she would say, just so. Everything had to be just so. We had a maid. Yes, we did. Um, do not judge me. Don't judge my family. Don't judge anybody on this one. Her name was Ollie. 
if you've seen the movie The Help, pretty much we lived this lifestyle. This woman was such a part of my family. I'm pretty convinced that I actually went for a couple of years thinking that Ollie, this older black woman, was actually my mother because I saw her from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed during the weekdays when my mom was working. I saw her far more than I saw my own mom. Ollie loved me unconditionally across all borders and lines. There were no borders and lines. She taught me that that life didn't have to have boundaries. Had lots of cousins. I didn't have a brother, but I had lots of cousins. My youngest cousin, still five years older than me, Keith, he was a ne'er-do-well. He was an outlaw. He was a troublemaker. He was a hellraiser. He was a scofflaw. He got arrested more times than anybody could count. He fought. He just he had just all kinds of just incredible stories. Everybody knew wherever Keith went, trouble and tales of tribulation and woe would follow. But oh, so interesting and what a great character and so full of life. I loved him. I loved him dearly. He was my role model. I mean, you would see his picture probably up at a post office, wanted more than anywhere else maybe, but everybody loved him. And the world is a lesser place without him in it. Did lose him a few years ago. I wanted to be just like him, only I like being here on the planet. I wish he was here too. My sister, I said I didn't have a brother. I do have a sister, a younger sister, seven years younger than me. She taught me the importance of being a role model. Even though I didn't deserve it, she looked up to me so much. She literally thought I hung the moon. And it didn't mean much to me at the time. As a matter of fact, like so many younger brothers and sisters, oh, she was such a nuisance, constantly following me around. But now I realize how important that was to me to have that younger person just looking up at me. Now, And I could beat up on her. But don't let anybody else touch her, because then you would have the wrath of El Jefe. And I could be a pretty mean son of a bitch if I had to be. Don't mess with Diane. My friends, Brian Williamson, my best childhood friend, also gone. Brian taught me how to camp at such a young age. People usually don't even believe it when I tell them, but we would go camping out by ourselves. And... He'd have a little Coleman stove out there, and every morning, no matter how frosty, he'd be out of the little pup tent, and he'd have a little thing out there. He'd be making coffee and grits, and he'd always have this little thing of water boiling over here on this one little eye on his Coleman stove. And at the end of the morning, he would just take the water and dump it out. Finally, one day, I said, why do you always have that water boiling? He said, I just like the way it looks. He was one of the original outdoorsmen in my life. My friends Steve and Jim, who were also great outdoorsmen, and if anything else, I just learned trust and honor. Our promise to this day, to this day, they're a year older than me, is I give my woodsman's honor. Now, any promise you can give doesn't match up to a woodsman's honor. I give my woodsman's honor. That meant a lot. We would do very dangerous things. Sometimes I would be dangling from precarious places, not not figuratively, literally. And Steve, in particular, would reach out and just grab my wrist with his hand, not like he could actually support all my weight from his precarious position, but just having his hand on my wrist is all I needed to know that I could actually make the next step. And my friends Scott and Ronald, 
who were my brothers. I said, I didn't have brothers. That's a lie. I had several of them. My friends were so tight and they are to this day, those that are still here. And, and one teacher, I had so many great teachers too. Let me just mention one and neighbors and the mothers and families of neighbors. I had a blessed childhood, but one in particular, and I guarantee you, he never said, I love you, Jeff, but he did. His name was Mr. Barr. I won't go beyond that. I won't name him beyond that and embarrass him because he actually went on for teaching and he went into politics and he became somebody. But Mr. Barr taught the gifted class at my high school. And I moved from the north down to the south when I was in high school. And I didn't think it was cool to be smart. And he showed me how cool it could be through things like Lord of the Rings, playing bumper pool, games of risk, and how chicks dug smart guys. Essentially, all of these people loved me into being and becoming the person that I am today. And I'm kind of fond of the way I am today. I'm a big fan of me. Ask anybody. They'll tell you. Jeff Styles is Jeff Styles' biggest fan. And uh, I hope to be around for a little bit longer. And I hope you guys are too. So dodge the tornadoes. Don't get COVID-19. Try to adhere to the rules and regulations that are being laid out by the people that govern us when it comes to this whole coronavirus thing. I think we're flattening the curve and we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. But also, don't follow anybody so blindly that you don't think for yourself. Use some common sense out there as well. Only in Jeff Styles, America. And take one second before I say goodbye today. And don't forget, we'll be back on the once-a-week bandwagon as best we can be. If you don't hear a new Storyville once a week, you know that there's something really serious happening in our lives here that keeps us from doing that because we enjoy doing it. There'll be a new Rockyology probably put together tomorrow be out there again later this week as an hour's worth of music that almost any of you will enjoy that's that's a guarantee you'll find it right here at fredpodcast.com i want to say thanks to robin ring robin ring my landlady for years and years and years and the good folks uh, that she works with over at 614 properties river city properties she has a couple of different companies out there and she's just one of the sweetest people I've ever known in my entire life. And she has been so good to me over the years. RC2 Realty Solutions would be the fastest way to find her. If you have a piece of distressed property you need to get out from under it, she can take it and turn it into something and turn it into something that somebody else really wants and desires and needs. That's a great thing to be able to do in life. Take something from crappy to happy. I want to say thanks to Dr. Brett Moldenhauer. I call him Dr. Brett. He would be quick to point out that he's not really a doctor, but he is an acupuncturist, and he is a health specialist. And I truly believe in acupuncture and the power of acupuncture and holistic healing. And he is also one of the principals down at North Spring. North Spring has, well, it has acupuncture, and it has yoga therapy, and it has all kinds of cool stuff, including the cryotherapy chamber, which is just indescribable really it's a therapy where you go into a chamber that is minus 160 degrees fahrenheit and you stay in it for about three and a half minutes and when you emerge you are a different and better person the science backs me up on this so believe in it tim kelly and the good folks at kelly subaru kelly subaru.com you know what a subaru is you know what all-wheel drive is and you know what their incredible reliability and safety ratings all about and also the chattanooga football club chattanooga is 
so proud to have this professional soccer team, even though they've been kind of shut down here during the first part of the year. We hope that the second part of the year, when everything finally, the ban lifts and we're able to go back and hang out in the stands again, that the Chattanooga Football Club will once again reign supreme in their first truly professional you know, season and league. They've been dominant since they actually you know, were put together. And so exciting to watch. You don't even have to know anything about soccer. Um, Southern Honda Power Sports, a lot of changes going on down there as well. So if you're into off-roading, if you're into to boating, anything that requires you to go fast and get excited over land or water, Southern Honda Power Sports has a, a, an item for you, a jet ski or a four-wheeler or a motorcycle or something. And a big shout-out to my good friends down at McMahon Law Firm. McMahon Law Firm, I have worked with them, known as the Insiders, for years. And because of the way our lives had shifted over the last couple of years, our relationship had sort of drifted apart. And I got back together with my good friend Jake Kenimer recently, and he started sponsoring and advertising on the radio station again. And he asked if he could actually come out and sponsor the podcasts as well. And Jake Kenimer and his partner and friend Brent Burks are remarkable attorneys, and they used to work within the insurance industry. That's the reason they're called the Insiders. And they learned all of the tricks of the trade. They learned all of the ways that the insurance industry screws people over. Their very customers, the people that give them money over a huge period of time, and when it's time for them to pay them back, they try to figure out loopholes and ways to get out of it. And Jay and Brent, they're not going to have that. They just couldn't live with that anymore, so they went to the other side. They went to the good side, and they help individuals beat the insurance companies when they're trying to beat them down get hurt in a car wreck, get hit by an 18-wheeler, whatever. You're dealing with the government, Social Security, unemployment. A lot of people doing that right now, of course, with all these government issues going on, with so many people out of work, whatever it is, 265-1100, 265-1100, the insiders, McMahon Law Firm, they will be on your side, and all they have to do is show up, and the insurance companies begin to shake and tremble. And that's a wonderful thing to see. you got to have somebody on your side when you go to court. Thanks for listening. Keep on listening. Spread the word. Subscribe if you can. Fredpodcast.com. El Jefe's trip to Storyville. We'll make it a more standard trip to Storyville next week. And don't forget Rockyology too. Jason, thank you, man.